Welcome to the Sailor Noob Podcast, where a super fan and a noob talk about the original Sailor Moon episode by episode. I'm your host, Mikan Hana, joined by my co-host. I'm the co-host, Caliban the Noob, and it's a Makoto Monaco Duel Jam! Yeah! Uh, We're a couple of magical people ready to moon crystal power make up this episode. I'm excited. Uh, Sailor Noob is brought to you by a teenage girl chugging four liters of love potion number nine. Oh my god. Yeah. Took a drink. Like a big drink. <laughs> like a couple drinks. Yeah. Love potion number nine. Problematic song. Yes. <laughs> There's now that we're looking at all issues of consent with new eyes these days. And so Oof. love potion number nine on the block. Yeah. Funky cold Medina uh-huh. on the block. Yeah. You do one because I ran out. Oh, geez. Um. Uh. Oh, baby, it's cold outside <laughs> on the block. <laughs> Yeah, okay. All right. I don't what is in that drink? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is this a chug challenge? <laughs> I know. I hope that we talk about the chug challenge later and there's some yeah. reality to it because uh it just makes me think of a chugging jug. Which what, what is, is that? Oh man. I don't know what that is. Between us. The, the the added age between us. I know. There's no way that you can explain what Fortnite and chugging jug is, but that's that's experiencing a, a renaissance right now. Oh, great. I'm, I'm afraid. Chug, chug and jug with you. I, I still don't know. <laughs> it's a kid. This kid. There's, a, there's something. There's a, there, you drink jugs. To get your energy back in Fortnite, it's a video game. Okay, sure. And there's yeah. a there's a big there's a chug jug or there's a big jug or something like that. It's the one that you want. Um, this is all inference. I have no. I don't play Fortnite, and uh, I'm more of a PUBG man. No. Uh, and a kid, this enterprising kid who's clearly like 11 or 12, you know, right? The perfect age. He took uh, Estelle's American Boy featuring Kanye West and did his own version of it with like these really clever, uh, fun Fortnite lyrics. Okay. Uh, he did his own musical version of okay, it. Okay, sure. And yeah. like I said, I don't know anything about Fortnite, but it's it's written in that way that you're like, okay, all right, you just cleaned out Tomato Town. Okay, I, I think I can understand what you're talking about, sure. even though I can't, you know? Yeah, right. So, yeah, and it's just like cute. And that's that's what I thought of when Usagi started chugging the thing. Okay. So, I mean, I guess completely shifting gears here, um, as I think a lot of you are probably aware of because we wanted you to know why there wasn't a show posted um, last Friday. Um, my sensei passed away. Um, and um, I'd like to um, dedicate the show to her if I could. Um, she she was a fantastic professor and I was lucky enough to have her as a teacher for both my Japanese language classes, and uh, I also took Japanese literature classes with her as well. Um, and one of the classes that I took with her was a Japanese literature of like like post World War II, like just after World War II. So I found out, I learned about Mishima. 
<laughs> sure. my sensei. Well, I don't think so, we've really talked about it yet, have we? We haven't really dug into it. Talked. A, doesn't really jive with a lot of Sailor Moon no. stuff. No, He's it's pretty much different. the opposite of that. I yeah. think he would have hated Sailor Moon. Probably. And your sensei also, as a um, as a professor, uh, professor and a um, uh, the person involved in higher education. Mm-hmm. Um, Published uh, papers too, wrote papers yes, as she well. Did. And one of her fields of study was um, early Japanese poetry or the history of Japanese mm-hmm. um, poetry yep. uh, and lyrical work. And so, yeah, like she did a paper about um, poetry in the Heian period, you know, the time of Lady Murasaki and the yes. tale of Genji and all that stuff. Yes, I was uh, talking to um, a very good friend of mine um, who also had my sensei. Um, and uh, she took another one of her Japanese literature courses, and one of the things that they talked about was the tale of Genji, mm. and you know talked about how Genji was supposed to be seen. And as my friend described it, he was basically supposed to be like the Fabio of his time, <laughs> and like everybody wants to get with Genji, and like everybody, you know. And there was this one character who she couldn't remember the name of, but like basically Genji had loved and left her, and she just was like really ticked off and like you're a jerk (laughs) and just like kind of basically told him like you're a jerk and then fast forward um some time and then my friend and my sensei were in japan on a trip together and they went to there's actually a tale of genji um museum (laughs) okay i was waiting for amusement park but i'm like oh boy (laughs) that that would be something get me in there right and (laughs) another thing that we're talking about that we really love about my sensei is she just had this most wonderful, subtle sense of humor. And <laughs> if you didn't know her well, you didn't necessarily know that she was joking. And sometimes even if you did know her, you're like, are you <laughs> joking with me? What are you saying? And so she goes up to um, my friend and she's like, and and um, <laughs> like, I guess like they basically kind of called this character like the, the, the angry woman or whatever, you know. And, um, and she goes up to my friend and she was like, look. It's your angry woman. And and she was like, yeah, what? wait, are you saying I am? Or are you saying that I like her? What are, what are you saying? <laughs> so, um, but she really was one of my absolute favorite teachers. And I'm really sad that she is gone. Um, so um, I'd like to say something in, in Japanese really quick um, for her. Sensei, iro iro osewa ni natte arigato gozaimashita, which means, Sensei, thank you for your support and everything that you have done for me. Not, not a fan. Did she like Sailor Moon? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't actually talk about anime that much oh. in uh, Japanese class, I don't pulling, think, pulling surprisingly. Tale of Genji anime. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there was one. Well, I think that she would be really jazzed that you were doing something like this with your Japanese education. I'm trying, man. <laughs> I'm trying to to make her proud, but I, I feel like I wish I had continued studying more. You sure. Know, well, and you know, get it's, better at it. It's it's a journey and not a destination. Yeah. Exactly. And we can get that. Taylor Genji podcast going. Oh boy. Okay, I better start a thousand reading episodes. Like yesterday. <laughs> so Genji seemed kind of sad today, but so hot. Hottest. Yeah. Did you see how hot Genji was? Oh yeah. my gosh. Don't, his, don't, don't say anything. His robes sparkling. No, don't say anything. 
just keep <laughs> shuffling along in that in your tight little dress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With many, many layers to it. <laughs> so getting back to uh, the episode. Oh, have that we we're not talking- in- introed yet? No, okay. we yeah, haven't. Um, <laughs> so welcome, everybody, what you're here for. Uh, today we are talking about episode number 65, Koi no Ronso, Minakoto Makoto ga Tairitsu in Japanese. Dispute over love, Minako and Makoto's conflict, the English translation, and the English title, A Charmed Life. Mm. Yeah. Lucky charms. Yeah. It reminds me of the show Charmed. Charmed. Yeah, it does. Yeah. In the 90s. <laughs> they didn't transform, but. No. Maybe they did. I don't know. I didn't really. I don't- Think well, I caught so. a couple episodes. They had magic. And though. you say in the nineties, but there's a new charmed. Yeah, that you're right. Yeah. I just I think of the I think of it when it first came out and Shannon Doherty was on it. Right. <laughs> you can't get the keep those uh those uh, good witch down. No, and then she got replaced. Uh <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you can't keep a good witch employed. <laughs> Would you like to give us a synopsis of this episode. I'm going to try. Um, there's a lot of dialogue in this episode, and I think that's a good thing, mm-hmm. but it, sometimes it makes, you know, a recap a little more difficult than just, she did this, she punches that, she does yeah. that, you know, it's, we're getting more into the character stuff, and I think that that's, um, this is it, these are the these are the salad days for, for character. Mm-hmm. Um, if I know anything about later seasons, maybe they've got a feeling of, Oh, and we did another one, <laughs> but there isn't necessarily a, a lot of places to go with the characters at mm-hmm. that point. So that's that's where we are. You know, yes. we're in the weeds, but in a good way yes. as far as character development goes. And we get that with uh, two of our characters specifically uh, in this episode as we begin on a Tokyo summer morning. You can tell it's morning because we're getting those prismatic lines, you know, those, those yes. God rays, those sunbeams coming yes. in at a shallow angle from one side of the screen. And I feel like we've been getting those a lot lately. The girls haven't been in school for a while. We talked about summer and school in Japan previously, but mm-hmm. the girls are on summer vacation at this point? That's a really good question. I I don't feel like the show has confirmed that yeah. one way or another, but it's entirely possible. The show also, you hear cicadas at the beginning of this well, episode, yeah. which is you hear them all the time in summer in Japan. Yeah. So I, I think that they probably are. Well, one of the clues that it's summertime is the fact that it's hot. Even mm-hmm. this early, we see Minako sitting on a park bench. She's hot. <laughs> she's, she's a Wilton flower. And she's waiting for her friends and she looks, you know, she looks around. She's disgusted that so many couples are flirting in this heat. Yeah. Yeah, that's not subtextual at all. And I love teenage characters in anime because if they're written right, they're all kind of clueless. You know, mm-hmm. the, the kinds of character flaws that you usually have in a jerk character or a bad person can be applied to a teen character at will because they're inexperienced with dealing with their emotions. That's true. And as we'll see in this episode, uh, Makoto comes running up. She's apologizing for being late, but also telling Monaco not to be grouchy about it. Monaco is like, I'm not being grouchy. And Makoto says, oh, well, <laughs> I guess you're jealous of all the couples in the park. And Monaco's like, no. But <laughs> Makoto says, no, nah, I'm just kidding. You're all right. See, you assume that Makoto is super sweet and all, but I think she's got a darker, brattier side that comes out sometimes. I, sometimes, yeah, and I think you see it in this episode. Yes. <laughs> I love her, but... <laughs> Makoto says that Ami can't come because she has summer school. Quell surprise. Yeah. And Monaco says that Ray has got shrine work to do, and neither of them have any idea if Usagi will ever show. So mm-hmm. they're just going to have to wait it out. Yeah. 
While they do, we see Chibiusa walking through the park, being followed by two young bullies. I know. One of the bullies says, hey, Chibiusa, why are you looking all snooty? Listen here, little punk. I know, right? It's weird they call her Chibiusa. Like yeah. it means cute and it's short for Usagi. It's really more of a nickname or a family name, isn't it? It's like it's like calling her Sweet D. You know, it, you on, know on, that's uh, a good point. Philadelphia. Because it's like, is she going by that in school now? Did she like say, no, you need to call me Chibiusa? Well, Mama wants me to be Chibiusa, so my name's Usagi, but there better be a Chibi in front of that. Yeah, right. I it guess. is It is weird because you're not usually called your nicknames in school. Yeah. And they're definitely not her friends. But maybe these guys have been uh, hanging around. Because as we find out later, there might be an alternative motive here. Uh-huh, Maybe right. they've been paying attention. Yeah. Anyway, the other bully calls her Dumpling Head, but she says, oh, yeah, right. You guys are trying to hit on me. It's real grown up. No wonder all the girls in class make fun of you. Well, anyway, off to kindergarten. <laughs> it's just so, she's like a cigarette butt. Uh, anyway, the big bully, uh, one of the bullies is like 5'7". Uh, he picks her up and he says, I'm going to make you cry. And Chibiusa does not say, oh, please don't show me your baby pictures again, which that would have been a solid burn. Yeah, whatever. But uh, she's getting a little scared. Uh, don't worry. A sweaty junior hire and a brunette giant are here to save the day. <laughs> Minako and Makoto are like, hey, knock it off. And the kids run away. Mm-hmm. And Mina tells Chibi, don't worry. Little boys tend to bully the girls they like. But Mako says, I think they were just bullying her. You're just being a romantic. And Mina's like, whoa, 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 look who's talking about being a romantic miss. He reminds me of my senpai. And Mako says, well, that's a great insight. Did you get that from Alan? Sad. <laughs> and, and Chibi says, hey, I don't care about any of this. I know. <laughs> I'm going to marry like, Mamo-chan. Yeah, right. And then you're like, oh, no. <laughs> what did you say? Usagi has arrived wearing Luna, and she's mad. Yes. She says, don't call him Mamo. And Chibi says, the dumpling fits. (laughs) And Mina and Mako are watching this whole thing like, wow, they just can't let it go. Anyway, take back what you said. (laughs) And Chibi's like, if you three can't get over being dumped, you're getting pretty old. And the girls are like, Chibi Yusa, hold the Chibi. (laughs) A lot of dialogue. It's a lot. In the Rainbow Room, Pets looks out over the city and laments that they're stuck in this primitive world. But Calaveras tells her, even if you go back to the future, you've got no one to go back to. That was the song from Back to the Future. (laughs) And it's on. It seems like the Black Moon Clan has a jealousy problem, too. Yes. And it's funny. This argument breaks out between Pets and Calaveras. And the camera, like, pans past Berthier. Yes. (laughs) And she's like, here we go again. Sorry, folks. <laughs> like she's breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> she seems to do that in this episode. Yeah. Calaveras is really giving it to pets and she's got the cynical wit of the man who wrote the short story that gave her her name, I guess. I don't know. We still don't know why she's called Calaveras. We'll, we'll get to it. Uh, she says, uh, oh, I don't mean that men don't like you. I mean, I'd never bring up you being dumped. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and pets is like, who cares about men? This is like Gossip Girl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Only with future powers. Rebeus arrives and says, if you want to go home, you got to get the job done. We got a new crystal point. It's the fancy Omazanai house. Yes, They sell charms and jewelry. Humans think their wishes will come true if they wear them. It's pathetic. Calaveras, get out there. Mm -hmm. But Calaveras says, "Uh, I don't roll out of bed for anything less than 24 carats. Fake jewels do not interest me. And she disappears to another weird room. I know. There's floating Greek columns, but they're not actually columns. They're like technical sketches for columns, like on a blueprint. Yeah, yeah. And since this show came out in the 90s, 
90s kids will remember that Express spun their men's clothing line off into another brand in the 90s that they called Structure. All wait, the, wait, what? All I the didn't realize they pleated, were Structure. All the pleated khakis and silk shirts you can buy and those leather belts, you know, the braided leather belts. Oh, sure, maybe yeah. Maybe a paisley tie or two. So, so much more about fashion than I would have known. I'm going to call this the Structure Room or Structure. So Calaveras <laughs> is chilling in Structure, just folding, folding shirts. <laughs> And she's thinking, maybe I stormed off a little too well, and you know, I don't want the boss to be angry. So she summons a glass of wine and talks to it. And we've all been there, right, ladies? Oh, yeah. She says, Jaminen. And the wine shoots out of her glass and forms a wine lady. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. A missed chance to call her Vina. Oh, good point. That would have been a way to go. Yeah. Calaveras says, tell Rebeus I accept the position. But Berthier shows up in structure and says... Too late. Pets is already on it. Mm -hmm. But Calaveras, I'm going to call her Cal because that won't be confusing. Cal says, oh, hell no. And she takes off. She's got to get on that job. The boss is going to be mad. Back in Tokyo, Usagi is trying to get Mina and Mako to make up, but they're both being obstinate. The -hmm. girls run into the charm store where your wishes will come perfectly true, says the sign, Uh which to me sounds like some like the needful things school of literal wish fulfillment. Yeah, kind of. You know, I wish I was a little bit taller. Okay, poof, you have Marfan syndrome. Oh, my God. I wish I was a baller. Presto, you're on the 1972 Philadelphia F76ers. <laughs> That's a very bad team. Okay. All I right. wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her Alakazam, jackass. Her line is busy because she's talking to another guy. That kind of thing. A skilo okay, thing. Okay, all right. I get what you're saying. I get what you're laying down. Why does he want a rabbit in a hat with a bat, though? I don't understand that. <laughs> I would summon it so like by Skilo, a real like, 90s episode. Yeah. <laughs> the he, can, girls. he can summon it so it can hurt some Let's get to drive his 64 Impala for him. <laughs> the girls decide to check it out. Mako and Mina are still mad at each other. And from behind a corner, Chibi is following them. She heard gems that make your wish come true. And uh-huh. she thought about the silver crystal. Yes. Her hand reaches into her vest. No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> We cut to what is presumably the back room of the shop where naked women are suspended from the ceiling yeah. by some kind of web. And here's where I check that the right anime is playing. Uh, <laughs> I guess these people are the staff of the store. Yes. And Jominen has taken care of them. Yes. Uh, and of course, we're going to need their clothes. I believe that Although, is what's happening. Yes. Under things they could probably have. Probably, you would think. Jominen is made of wine. Just get them hammered. I'd be like, ah, oh, I forgot this. I know, oh, right? I'm going to the break room. <laughs> In the store, Pets and Calaveras are posing as the store clerks, and they're trying to get girls to buy these gems. The girls buy the gems, and they wish for love, but they immediately become full of hate. Yes. So, good, good move there. Yeah. In come the girls, and Usagi is loving all the charms. She's going back and forth. This one makes you better at your schoolwork. This one makes you prettier. Until she sees the Chug Challenge. Mm-hmm. A giant bottle of love juice. Ew. And if you drink <laughs> no. the whole thing, I, I don't know, your your love dreams will come true. Yeah, right. It looks like Ecto Cooler. It's in this mm-hmm. big, like, I dream of genie bottle. Yes. Luna does. Luna thinks, even a dumb kid would never fall. For- oh, no, there she goes. I know. And Usagi's like, she's drinking all the dumb bunny juice. I know. So if just for one episode, just say, this is, yeah, this is dumb bunny 10. 
<laughs> Pets and Calaveras tell them, hey, if you guys want love charms, the good stuff is in the back. And they usher them into the good stuff room. Mm-hmm. Usagi's pretty excited about all the charms, but she really wants one that'll help her get her love back. Pets shows her a gem, and before Usagi can pick it up, Minako and Makoto both like reflexively grow, go for it. I they know. grab it, and then they're like, oh, <laughs> why? I don't, I don't even think about him anymore. And we pull back, and Pets and Cal are like, bingo, we got some fish here. Uh-huh. We cut to outside where Chibiusa is looking in the window, and somebody comes up behind her and says, freeze, don't move. Chibi does not immediately spin and start firing, <laughs> but she turns and sees that it's Momoru, who has no idea how close he came to going to that big Genghis form aware in the sky. Oh, no. It's, all, it's 90s. <laughs> Back so inside, nice. Usagi's like, I want to buy everything. Mm-hmm. I want to buy everything. And Calaveras is like, all right, let's close the deal here. What can I put you down for? But there's a moment happening here while Usagi is flailing all over the shop. Yes. Monaco says to Makoto, you know, your senpai didn't know what he was giving up. You deserve better. You're a good friend. And Mako says, oh, I'm already over him. And Pet says, me too. Uh, <clears throat> Something happened in there? Uh, yeah. Makoto says, he was a nice guy, but I can do better. And Mina says, I'll try to find somebody better too. Mm-hmm. Just a note. Mina, I apologize first. I know. I know. I, I know. I know. But... The important part is we're all made up. Yes. And they both think, well, for Usagi, there's only Mamoru. Uh-huh. But Chibiusa says, Mama was mine. I know. <laughs> She's appeared in the back room and Mama was with her. And Usagi's like, oh my God, it worked. <laughs> but Mamoru's like, uh, I forgot a thing and I'm going to do that and I'm out of here. And he leaves. <laughs> Outside the shop, he's like, seems like I'm destined to keep meeting her. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah you that think? has been established already. I know. <laughs> catching on. Near the store, Ami and Ray have arrived and are looking for the girls. And inside the store, Chibi is going ham on Usagi. It's your fault that he left. But Usagi says, he left because you're a spoiled brat. It's your fault. No, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. And Pets is like, shut up. <laughs> and Cal says the quiet part out loud. We got to deal with them or the plan will fail. Yeah. And my yeah. was like, plan? Yeah. You just said a supervillain word. Yes. Pet says, huh, love is stupid. And Makoto says, did you just say love is stupid? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Spoiling for a fight here. And Pet says, it is stupid. Wish on this gem already and hate men like me. <laughs> Cal summons Jaminen and they both reveal their couture looks. Minako says, Usagi, get Chibi out of here. But Chibi's like, I'm not going anywhere with her. <laughs> the villains surround them and Calaveras says, I feel sorry for you. No, you don't. No. But you have to die. Uh-huh. But Monaco says, not so fast. She's got a fire extinguisher. And she sprays Smart. the villains with it, filling the room with obscuring smoke. And that's not really how it works, but it's fine. Not really, but within the world of the show, yeah. sure. And Mina and Mako use this chance to use their star power to transform. Jupiter says, falling in love is a young girl's prerogative. And Venus says, in the name of the planet Venus, I'll punish you. Yes. The bad guys say... I'm Pets, the most beautiful. But Cal says, LOL, no, I'm Calaveras. <laughs> Way hotter. And Venus and Jupiter are like, these guys, are they're not a good team. I know. They don't work well together. I know. Pets shoots black lightning at them, and Calaveras wraps her whip around Venus's neck. Uh-huh. Jammy wraps up Jupiter, and I don't like where this is going. No. Pets says, love makes women weak. But Jupiter says, wrong. Love gives us courage. Pets says, yeah, fine, whatever. And electrocutes <laughs> Jupiter. But that's when a burning mandala frees Jupiter and yes. Venus. Mercury and Mars have arrived. 
Jupiter and Venus are going to show them the power that comes from love, a sparkling wide pressure. Yes. And a Venus love me chain. Yes. Pets is like, hey, sis, let's split. Clean this up, Jaminen. In the back room, Usagi has locked Chibi in the bathroom, and she transforms into Sailor Moon. She runs into the store and sees all four senshi strung up by Jaminen, and she wonders if she's in the right anime. <laughs> Jami's about to cut her with her wine blade. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she, wine blade technique. It's a T one thousand thing. Ter- yes, this is post Terminator two. Yes, that's so, what it is. Yeah, she's exactly. gonna she's gonna T one thousand her. But Sailor Moon is like, wow, I don't even get to say my lines. Okay, and gives her the MPH and she's dusted before she dies or goes offline. Whatever happens to a droid, Jamie screams. Ojama, yes. which I bet we'll talk about later. Yes, the girls are free and Chibi pops up from behind the counter like, what? I know. So how much of that did she see? I'm sure none of it, because I keep harping on this every week, but I've just given up. Later at Pizza Coffee, the best place in town to get hot mozzarella-filled java, the girls <laughs> are having a bite, except for Usagi, who is back on her love juice chug and grind. Yeah. I'm going to drink all this and be with Mamo again. Yeah. Ray is like, don't be stupid, stupid. <laughs> but Usagi says, oh, you're being mean. Wow. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my barf sound. I know. You have an excellent barf sound. All over Ray. And as we pan away, we hear the waitress say, oh, excuse me, I, you're, you're not allowed to bring your own drink in? I know. It's such a great line. What's the corking fee on a big jug of dumb money juice? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the end. The end. We did it. <laughs> Oof. Oh, good job. Stuff's getting worked out. Yeah. Any questions? I like that it's it's kind of a stealth Monaco jam. I know it's uh, a Monaco It's a Monaco Makoto jam. Makoto episode, but Monaco's the one kind of getting everything done. Just be very, very heroic. They, they, they get a lot done together, but Monaco really shines. I love both their new powers. Yes. Names are... Those names are train wrecks, but, you know, that's okay. You have to scream something ear catchy. The So the Love Me Chain is something that you will see in different iterations of <laughs> Sailor Moon. Like, I'm pretty sure that it shows up in the live action Sailor Moon, too. Um, sure. And uh, it's interesting because um, uh, I think we saw... In in this one, it can you know it's uh, gosh, what is the word? It's um, it, you you can attack with it, right, and bind your your enemy. Yeah, they don't. Both of them just kind of do them, mm-hmm. and they don't really have any effect. They no. just make the villains go. Oh, okay, we're, right. We're not ready for this. But but like Makoto's, you know, she's kind of like throwing a, a lightning ball, sort of. Yeah, like or like then, looks like a frisbee to me, almost like a or lightning maybe that, frisbee. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you know, Venus has got the sort of a whip. And then mm-hmm. it made me realize, oh, <laughs> I just figured this out. Like, they're like, the Black Moon Clan is like dark opposites to the sailors. Yes, exactly. So is it another set of villains that we're gonna eventually going to have to, you know, uh, feel for and empathize with? I don't with? know. This is my blank face. What happened to the old days of like, we're evil, we've got epaulets. Can take us out. <laughs> we left them in the dark. But now it's you know? like, no, these girls have problems just like well, us. Well, but we we did feel bad for Nephrite at the end, though. He was like the one with epaulets that were like, 
Yeah, but... You know, we, we feel kind of bad for you. You wanted a parfait, so, you know, we feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> He's the exception rather than the rule. Yes, though. yes. Um, but because they have human emotions, um, they may be human, I don't know, um, they are jealous. And, of course, jealousy is a big um, par- part of this episode, yes. an emotion that's felt. And it affects, like, the bad guys and the good guys. Mm-hmm. But I like the fact that it shows our, our girls rising above through the power of friendship yes. and love. But I was just thinking, is there an asexual sailor? Because hmm. they might be the most powerful one. Because <laughs> love it's wouldn't like, affect them? It's like how the Vulcans cured all their wow. societal ills. They yeah. suppressed their emotions. Mm-hmm. And if there's a sailor that doesn't waste time getting jealous about stuff and just goes... Star killing attack, like right away. It's like, all right, so you guys want ice cream? I know this. Let's go. <laughs> that is a I know their emotions. Question. If Makoto says in this episode that love makes them stronger, and yes. I, I agree with that. But what if we tried just <laughs> just trying to kill the bad guys? Let's try to be more like the Vulcans and suppress those emotions. Yes. <laughs> what if we didn't get too wrapped up in uh, our, our our senpai? What if we took our love obsession down a couple notches? Yeah, we don't have to be so. We don't have to go go hard all the time. I know. I I did. I think you bring up some good points. I I do want to. You've already kind of done this, but I want to have a moment of appreciation for Minako. Because um. My favorite sailor? You think so? Um, Insofar as, like, I think Usagi kind of has to be your favorite sailor because it really is her journey. Um, I mean, it is. I've seen shows where I, the main character is annoying and I, and I like other characters, mm-hmm. but um, it's so well done and she's, you know, I really do like Usagi a lot. But if I had to just say, put her aside, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe Venus? Maybe Minako, yeah. 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 I... Makoto's my I've always thought Makoto's my favorite then Usagi and then I'm like ah, I can't decide you know mm-hmm. but like because I do like all of the senshi like a lot and like I think when I initially watched the show in the 90s like um Ami had a really soft spot in my heart because she was like the favorite of one, one of my sisters and like my best friend um and like Ray, I didn't really like how much her and Usagi fought but now I think it's kind of funny and like um i appreciate it more you know and i think i just underappreciated minako and um but yeah she's 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 awesome and she's she's probably she's probably at least number three for me now i think so i don't dislike any of them i don't either that's why it's like it's like so hard like you put a gun in my head and like i have to rank them (laughs) jimmy is a no How would you describe Just Enough Trope? We are the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. Oh, no, does this mean they can hear all the things I yell at the TV during Downton Abbey? Why did you do that? How do you plead? Let the game begin. Yeah, check these fresh moves. Oh! Don't shoot man in face. This isn't the Save Gotham fundraiser. It's the Chill Family Reunion. Master Yoda assigned a Padawan to this bold Jedi. I think it's pronounced Padawan. Oh, Padawan, excuse me. Hey, it's getting late. I think Ralph's going to want his motorcycle back. Uh, come check out the pictures of Dean Gray. I am freaking getting old. <laughs> yeah, I noticed the life clock was blinking in your hand. Get out of here, Wilson. Go fight the Teen Titans or something. I'm unkillable, not unwoundable. You like Sailor Moon, right? Why don't you sail on this d- oh, uh, Wow. Just enough trope. 
News, reviews, and geek fondue every Monday on the Just Enough Trope Podcast Network. Loving me never have a say you so be sorry. What? For Kyoro, Kyoro Miro, or Curiously Looking Around, where we talk about elements of Japanese culture within the episode. Uh, today, we are going to talk about Japanese drinking culture. Hmm. So, the droid in this episode, Jamenen, uh, manifests from Calaveras's wine in her wine glass. So, today, that's why we are talking about uh, drinking culture as well as etiquette in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so drinking alcohol is a pivotal part of Japanese culture. Drinking parties known as nomikai are a frequent activity that are utilized to strengthen both business and social relationships. Nomikai. Yeah. Nomikai are a part of the culture of most places of employment, from schools to nightclubs. They are most often in restaurants or izakaya, usually with everyone seated at one large table or occupying a separated section of the venue. Um, and izakaya is is a type of informal Japanese bar that serves uh, alcohol and snacks. And typically, izakaya offer a lot of small plates for your party to share. It's very similar to to tapas. It's kind of oh, like okay. a, that's the way I think of it. It's like a it's like a Japanese tapas. And and there are uh, izakaya restaurants in the states. Yeah. Um. So the, they're they're great. But anyways, very popular place to go for nomikai. Employees are usually expected to participate to some extent in various nomikai as it is considered a social aspect of work, although it is not expressly required. Uh, such <laughs> this is like like hey we're going out hey we're going out everybody come on come on you're coming out you you're coming you're coming come on yeah yeah but it's like almost even more so yeah, and yeah even even more so so. Uh, parties focus on the bond between coworkers as a group and are not considered private or somehow non-work related. So they're considered work related. So it's <laughs> almost people, like you're miss, missing a meeting. Some companies play softball? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So attendance does not necessarily imply that a person will drink any alcohol, however, and attendees generally pay a set amount for the food, drink, and venue regardless of um, consumption. Um, and leftover money may be put toward organizing the next Nomikai. <laughs> the Nomikai so, Fund. The Nomikai Fund. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the student version of the Nomikai, which happens at universities, is called a Kompa. And uh, generally, they're more relaxed and than Nomikai, and they have some kind of different characteristics. And they bas- that was basically established during the Meiji period. And it basically focuses on... Um, the, the custom of members of the same class or dorm drinking together to deepen their bond of friendship. Um, and these gatherings were large were largely restricted to members of the same sex until after World War II, and then the mixing of sexes became increasingly more common. Huh. And there's like... I don't, I don't really want to get into it right now because we have a lot of other things to get into. But if you want to look into Kompa more, there are a lot of different versions. There's a lot of different drinking games that they play. And <laughs> God. Um, it's extensive. Well, anyway, anyway, back to freshman cam. <laughs> I know. Uh, most nomikai, with the exception of the end of the year, which is uh, bonenkai, which means forget the year party. <laughs> Chemically. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, consists of workers in, so most nomikai consists of workers uh, in one section or department of the workplace. Uh, in the case of bonenkai, everyone in the entire company may be present. In large companies, however, uh, separate bonenkais are often the norm for each department. Um, another... <laughs> At the end of this, we're talking about uh, substance abuse treatment programs, right, in Japan? Um, we'll, we'll kind of get there. Okay. That, that's, I, that's but first, part the party. of it. Yeah, right. First, Ex the fun. First, the fun. Um, then the aspirin. Yes. Uh, another point of etiquette which differs from Western business culture is that it is considered acceptable to become drunk at Nomikai. The, in the same vein, things said and done under such circumstances are not taken seriously, but are forgiven or ignored upon return to the workplace. Consequently, there are sometimes frank and emotional displays between coworkers, regardless <laughs> of rank, which may not occur in normal workplace context. This phenomenon is called... What happens at the Nomikai stays at the Nomikai. <laughs> yeah, well, it's called a uh, bureko in Japanese. Um, the 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 courage of of drunkenness or something like that. What uh, what's breako mean? It it basically literally means no punishment on rudeness. No punishment. On rudeness. Like um, from what I've read, who wants to kiss my wife? Seriously, you can say like really offensive things to superiors. You can strip naked. You can throw up all over the place. <laughs> and it will be forgiven and never talking about again. And we just move on. Right. Um, and then, like, maybe we don't invite him to the next No, <laughs> I don't think that that's even a thing. Oh. Um, but so the, the Japanese utilize drinking together as a way to initiate and consolidate relationships so much that there is a term for it, nomination. Nomination is a combination portmanteau. I think, yeah, it's my favorite chili peppers. Yes, album. right. Uh, Japanese term nomi meaning to drink and the English term communication. Um, employees are able to be more honest with their superiors or coworkers or perhaps bring up an idea that they were previously not very confident to mention. <laughs> it's just good luck explaining it. You know? Yeah, right. So this we restructure the whole <laughs> the whole tree. You're just drawing on napkins the right. entire time. I need no more napkins. <laughs> on the other hand, it is generally regarded as unacceptable to pressure people into drinking alcohol or consuming more of it than they want. Participants may drink non-alcoholic beverages or leave a glass full to signal that they are no, uh, not willing to drink any more alcohol. Huh. Uh, then no one will offer to fill it. However, people have been pressured to drink or at least felt obligated to continue drinking past their limit. Sometimes they are afraid that they won't be considered for a project or a promotion if they stop drinking. <laughs> so it's... It's not not problematic, to say yeah. the least. Yeah. Just green tea for me. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, ten green teas later. Yeah, ten green There's teas later. There's not a single oxidant left in my body. <laughs> I know. Um, nomikai often go very late. It, sometimes they will go to a couple of different bars and they have it has like different names for it. Um, it. It is not uncommon for participants to get very little sleep and show up at work the next day tired and hungover. This is socially acceptable. However, it is not acceptable to be late or miss work the following day doing, due to being hungover. So you cannot do that. Do you, know, you don't plan anything big after one of those? 
That as is long a as fantastic. It, as long as it's it's question. cool. Like as long as you come in, they've got like half the lights turned off, you know, and everybody's just kind of wearing sunglasses, Quiet. watching cat videos. No on sudden noises. Yeah. Yeah. And then big uh, chicken finger like lunch right. for everybody. Yeah. Right. There you go. When you go out drinking in Japan, it is considered rude if you start drinking before everyone else in your group gets their drink and there there has been a toast. So you need to – you wait for someone in the group to do a toast and say kampai, which literally translates as um, empty the cup or glass uh, and is the Japanese equivalent for cheers. Sure. Um, there, there might be a speech or there might not, uh, but you, you make sure to raise your glass, uh, clicking them is optional, but encouraged, but always make sure that the, the glass of the most senior member in the group, the senpai is slightly higher than everyone else's. Hmm. So there's a lot to get to on this. So I don't, I will have to come back to the, uh, senpai kohai, um, relationship again sure. at some point, but I do want to just mention that it is a very integral part of Japanese culture, um, especially in business and in school, um, as well as martial arts, is probably the places where you see it um, the most. And it's a you know it's a, a vertical hierarchy sort of thing, but they're they're it's an interdependent relationship, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so we'll we'll talk about that more at some point. But it does come up a lot. You need to be aware of it when you go out drinking. Uh, f- with a company. Um, hey, that guy's glass is too high. Yeah, right. Watch your ass. <laughs> uh, if you are the kohai, it is considered proper etiquette for when you toast with your senpai to hold your glass with two hands, one hand on the bottom of the glass and the other on the side or handle if it's a beer glass. Uh, it is common to share food and snacks when you go out drinking. If you are sharing food, there will typically be a pair of communal chopsticks just for serving the food that no one eats with. Um, there are also uh, torizara, which literally means take plate, which are small personal plates. Everyone gets their own when sharing food, uh, particularly at an izakaya. Hmm. Um, so... While out drinking, it is a kohai's responsibility to notice if drinks are getting low or plates are getting empty, and then to ask their senpai if they want another drink or offer to serve your senpai more food. Um, If you are drinking with friends, the pouring of drinks is slightly less formal, but again, no one pours their own drinks. If a friend wants to pour you more and you have more than a couple of sips left, you should take a drink to make room. And then hold your glass up while they pour and take at least one sip before putting the glass down. Right. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of things to keep track of as you're And accept the things that you getting cannot more change. Drunk. Yeah, and- <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> beer is the most popular alcoholic beverage in Japan. Uh, a lot of bottles and cans of beer in Japan are rather large, known as binbiru. Uh, typically about 500 milliliters or 16.9 ounces, which is about a half liter. Um, these are often shared among the group of people, which is one reason why no one should drink directly from the bottle. Um, alcohol is... <laughs> what? Don't try to crush them on your head. No. They're hard. <laughs> that thick aluminum. They're very thick. Yeah. You can't crush them. Don't do it. <laughs> Just do not. That's a good you point. You become a beer unicorn. Yeah. Don't do that. that. Yeah. 
Alcohol is readily available in Japan. You can buy a variety of different kinds of beer and alcoholic beverages, including some hard spirits like whiskey and sake uh, in a konbini or convenience store 24 hours a day. You do not even have to show your ID at the register. You just have to push a button to confirm that you are 20 years of age or over. <laughs> if you can reach the button. Which <laughs> is uh, the legal drinking age at, at, in Japan is 20. Uh, it is legal in Japan to drink alcohol on the street. It is not uncommon to see someone drinking on their train commute. There are even some vending machines that sell beer. Um, unfortunately, underage drinking is a large problem in Japan. Uh, high, <laughs> I couldn't imagine why. Because <laughs> it's readily available and they don't check ID. Um, a high percentage of junior and senior high school students have had some experience with alcohol, with carding being somewhat uncommon and beer vending machines are not. Uh, not, not all machines uh, check your ID before purchase either. Huh. Um, some of the older machines, they don't. And they take cash, so they won't even be able to trace it to a credit card. Right. Uh, it's extremely <laughs> easy for teens to purchase alcohol. In 2019, 18,000 people in Japan were taken to the hospital via an ambulance due to acute alcohol intoxication. 50% of those people were in their 20s. Um, in Japan, and I think a lot of it is because a lot of these people are just starting out in the work world and they're going to all Yeah, these... I was going to say, what percentage were wearing suits? Yeah, right. And a lot of them are going to Nomikai and um, they're, you know, or they're in college. And the the higher percentages happen to be in um, March and April, which is when school and new people for businesses start in like, well, usually April-ish. Um, they all start around the same time. And then the summer where there's a lot of festivities yeah. and then um, in December with like winter holidays and that sort of thing. <laughs> so, so any time of the year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, feeling the pressure to, to drink and then not knowing how to say no if it's going to affect your job. Um, it's a lot of stress. Um, in Japan, alcohol is not thought of as a drug, and alcoholism is not thought of as a problem by the majority of Japanese society. As a result, um, the drinking cult of the drinking culture in Japan that encourages you to drink and the society not seeing it as a problem, um, alcoholism is a major issue in Japan. Um, unlike the U.S., there's no notion of dry counties. Prohibition never happened. And no religion dissuades drinking. Sake is, <laughs> uh, it's true. Uh, right. <laughs> um, sake is actually an integral component of uh, Shinto. For example, at Shinto weddings, instead of exchanging a kiss, the couple will drink sake <laughs> from do. the same cup. <laughs> they do sake shooters. Yeah, well, they do one. But you may yeah. now get hammered with the bride. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and some sects of Japanese Buddhism permit uh, monks to drink. In a 2013 survey managed by the Pew Research Center as part of their Global Attitudes Project, participants from 40 nations were asked if they thought that drinking alcohol is morally acceptable, unacceptable, or not a moral issue. Guess where Japan ranked in that list of 40 countries? Uh, I, I can't remember if it's positive or negative, uh, but low? 
well, they were at the 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 top okay. saying that it wasn't it's a not problem. a moral issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they with sixty six percent of the Japanese people surveyed saying that drinking is acceptable. The next highest <laughs> while they're drinking. Yeah, right. Could you put that down and answer? <laughs> The next highest country, and it was like by a large margin, they were the top. The next highest country was the Czech Netherlands, oh. the Czech Republic, Czech Republic, with forty six percent. A lot of good beers come from Czechoslovakia. Really, I didn't yeah. know that. So research shows that the rate of alcoholism in most developed countries is declining, but in Japan it is increasing. Oh. A twenty thirteen survey managed by the Japan Health Ministry found that about 1.09 million people in Japan uh, ab- abused alcohol, but only 40 to 50,000 were getting treatment. Hmm. So it's not great. Um, I do, I, I did, when I was reading my research too, um, a lot of people who um, are, are not native to Japan were talking about how going over there for work or for school and how the drinking culture was so different and how some of them started abusing alcohol or were m- maybe abused it more mm. because they were encouraged to. Right. And like one guy let, got let go from his job because he was like, he wasn't just hungover. He was like drunk at the job, like more than once or like drinking on the job or something like that. Like that extreme. Yeah. Was he like a crane operator? Or... <laughs> no, okay. no, no. Nobody got hurt <laughs> okay. physically anyways. Um, <laughs> I know. And I mean, it has become something that they're trying to somewhat draw more attention to. Um, I know that there are AA chapters over there, um, at least that speak, some that speak English. Um, but it's... You know, it, there, there's not really a – because they don't think it's a problem, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of things set up to help people who are struggling yeah. with alcoholism. Somebody must feel that it's a problem. Yes. Definitely somebody yes. who has, like, puke on their porch, like, every morning. Well, and, and something else that comes up is that, the, you know, when you have such a high percentage of alcohol abuse, you have an increase in, you know um, – uh, physical abuse happening oh, sure. a- as well as suicide. So this is contributing yeah. to the suicide rate. And it's Japan. not, and, and they, you know, it's completely open and free. Like you said, like you just, you know, they fire cans at Sapporo, uh, uh, Sapporo yeah. at you when you're right. on the street, but like it doesn't, the access doesn't, isn't necessarily the factor because, you know, America has a lot of problems with the same thing. And yeah. yet we are incredibly restrictive about alcohol. It's only until like, you know, recently that a lot of states have relaxed, like there are no uh, liquor on Sundays r- rule. Yes. Um, and all of these um, dry laws that mm-hmm. you know, regulate when you can do it. Um, the the COVID pandemic, of course, a big contributor to that as well. Because mm-hmm. a lot of places you can take away uh, alcohol now. You can't consume it on the street. Right. Like, but, like breweries or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But places that are on, I can never remember which one's off, which one's on sale, but, um, no, but no, you, there's some restaurants where you can take wine and oh, stuff Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And usually you can't do that because that's not part of their liquor license. No. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just like, I don't necessarily think that having, you know. Access. Uh, uh, yeah. Access. Yeah. 
um, Asahi next to, you know, Diet Coke in the, in the uh, vending machine is necessarily the problem, but it certainly speaks to the attitude. Well, these are, these are whole vending machines that are just beer. I don't know if I made that. Okay. If the attitude is, is set against changing it at all, then it's not going to change. You know what I mean? Well, so. Look, prime minister is very important. Are you drunk right now? Yeah, well, so so there is some concern that the the these vending machines would maybe like a, a problem, and they're they're worried about underage drinking, right? So, um, they uh, the, from an article that I read that was written last year, they dec- Japan decreased the I don't know when this happened exactly, but they decreased the amount of the country's um, uh, uh, beer vending machines from two hundred thousand to uh that that was 25 years ago now to have been decreased over the years to 15,000 but okay. they didn't get rid of them right they're still available and you can literally buy beer from a vending machine or the kombini and just open it and then you can drink it from the can on the street sure you know nobody bothers you nobody says anything it's no, totally no it's completely bag. it's completely legal there's no law that against for drunken disorderly in japan <laughs> really yeah um and then you, you see like these um we've seen a couple of like these these there are these pictures that have kind of gone viral of these business mostly men because you don't typically see women passed out alone on the street but they're well their getting, boss isn't like force feeding them alcohol you, well they, they get force fed alcohol too um and some of them get really sick um but but they uh you know the, these people in business suits passed out on the street in these weird positions because they've had way too much to drink and their friends or coworkers just leave them there. <laughs> Or maybe they were traveling home alone and they just, you know, they're like, I'm sleeping here tonight. You know, seems like a good idea at the time. <laughs> I don't know. But like, I, you know, saw some things like people were like, well, maybe there's a lot of shame in Japanese culture. Oh, really? And shame <laughs> is like a motivator. So some I've read something there was like, well, I think maybe people are starting to realize that this is a real problem and because they feel shame about seeing all of these business people in suits passed out on the street. <laughs> well, yes. And it's like, I could okay. see that. Yeah. The pride of, of the Japanese workforce. Yeah, right. Just uh, in the rescue position. Yeah. On the, on the, on the concrete. Yeah. So uh, there, there has been kind of like a, a shift and there, there have – a lot of colleges have things in place now where like it, they have some sort of program where like you're like they're trying to discourage people from forcing people to drink too much, you know? Um, it's a good idea. Yeah. I have a solution. Yeah. You send them all to Goose Island. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. You, gotta, you should, you should. Okay. I got to explain a, okay. an inside joke. So All right. uh, Mika and I were traveling for business. Uh-huh. We were going to the Comic-Con in Seattle, Washington. Yes. The Emerald City Comic-Con. And uh, of course, you know, being on the West Coast, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of Asian Americans. There's a yes. lot of um, uh, Asian immigrants and Asian uh, business people. And, you know, yes. it's. Um, but we were in the airport yeah. 
and we were waiting for our flight at the terminal, waiting to board. And this was a terminal that was um, had some international flights as well. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, decided to eat at a restaurant mm-hmm. uh, to pass the time. And I don't think that I don't think this is anything special. I mean, I think it could have been branded as anything, but this particular restaurant was, you know, just regular burgers and fries. But it was yes. sponsored by Goose Island, which is a yeah. I wouldn't call them a micro brewery. They're a little bigger than that, but they are a beer brand and like a small brewery. Yeah. And so we were finishing up, and we were just paying for our thing. We we're getting ready to get you know ready for boarding. Uh, and as we were leaving, uh, this guy comes in and he sits down and I immediately pegged him as uh, a Japanese businessman traveling yeah. on business. Young guy. He had a, yeah, young guy, younger than us <laughs> mm-hmm. and a very nice suit, roller bag. Mm-hmm. And he sits down and he puts his bag over there and he gets all ready to go. And I'm like, oh, he's going to have a little little meal. Uh-huh. And the server comes up and he says, you know, hi, I'm your server. You know, welcome. Uh, here's a menu. Let me tell you about the specials. And the guy's like, mm-hmm. And then it, just about ready to go. Uh, he says, uh, I'll be back in a second. Oh, can I get you anything to drink? And the businessman turns and there's a big sign, a big round sign with a goose that's their logo, yeah. the logo yeah. of Goose Island. Yeah. And he kind of gestures at it like, <laughs> and as we were walking away, I heard him say, if it's not Goose Island, why am I here? <laughs> I love it so much because it's like it's like you could do an advertisement. Yeah, for Goose that was Island. a commercial right there. Yes. I didn't see the cameras, Cut, but maybe print. we've got yeah. it. <laughs> so that whenever somebody says something, just is kind of obvious. That's become like a shorthand inside joke for for Mika and I. It was like it was not Good Island. Then why, why am I, am I here? here? Yeah. And I, I, did, I looked it up. I ended up looking it up later that um, I don't uh, I don't know the exact figures, but Goose Island is a brand that's sold. You know, they, they have import beers just like we do. Yes. And they recently, a couple years before that happened, they had recently opened a, a brewery in Japan. So they were that's making right. and selling it in Japan. So it must be a popular a beer popular brand. brand. In Japan, they must yeah. love Goose Island. They must. Because if it's not Goose Island, why, why am I, I here? here? Yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. Itadakimasu with Usagi. What did Usagi eat in this episode? Uh, This episode, Usagi chugs a lot of green charmed juice. I say in quotation marks. I know. uh, For the chug challenge, a giant bottle at the fancy... It seems irresponsible. Oh, Omaza Nye House um, and, an, and another at the restaurant that we see at the end of the episode, which just reminds me, I forgot to say something about the Omaza Nye oh, House um, before uh, we got into everything else. Yeah. So the store name um, is uh, Omaza Nye. It, it's, it's not an actual Japanese word, but it's re- referring uh, Omaji Nye, which is a good luck charm. Um, and something else with hiragana and katakana, the character for G, which is um, J-I, mm-hmm. so, um, and Z, which is Z-I, are written the same. So this is most likely kind of a play on that is what I'm thinking. Uh, okay. It's yeah. not like a brand name. They don't have to worry about somebody getting mad about them using a I name. Right? I mean, it is 
Well, it's it's the brand name in the show, but <laughs> right. But like, if you like, Omagenai oh, isn't like um, trademarked or something. No, so they're like, no. Well, we'll just go with Amazonai. Yes, they were just being. They're cute. just fooling around. They're just being cute. Okay. Yeah, that's all that's going on there. But what's the juice? I know what is the juice. I like that you called it um, ecto cooler. Ecto cooler. <laughs> that's what it looks like. It does. It's so nineties too. I used to love ecto cooler. <laughs> um, this show. Hey. It's the 90s. The I'm, show's all about the 90s. I know. Um, at the, a restaurant, everyone else is drinking some sort of orange drink, maybe an orange soda. Also, the name of the restaurant, which you <laughs> mentioned, is Pizza Coffee. And there is a statue of a clucking chicken above the sign. Yeah. What? <laughs> I know. I know. Is this... <laughs> That's is this the mascot the, of Pizza Coffee. I know. Is this the kind of restaurant that makes so many different kinds of food that they wonder if you make anything well? Pizza, coffee, chicken nuggets, bami, sushi, etc. It's like streets. I know. <laughs> there's yeah. this random... I don't know. They must be a, a chain, but there's a restaurant that uh, came, started a couple years ago near where I live called Streets. And... <laughs> I was like, okay, street. This is a sports bar. You're around the streets. Yeah, sure. But then they also have, you know, smaller signs that show mm-hmm. all the things they do. And it yes. was like burger, tacos, gyros, pizza, uh, yeah, bon me. Yes. And it was like, uh, you know, we love options as Americans. Yes. But I think there's a hard and fast rule, which is the more things a restaurant does, the worse it does each one of those things. Right. So I never ate at streets. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if you're not streets ahead. Your street's fine. All right. Just, you were just waiting. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the server at the end uh, says that she can't bring in any outside drinks, which is such a nice touch because, you know, you do get that a lot in restaurants. Bill and Gage, we rate a baddie one to five dark stars, five being the most wicked. The droid in this episode is Jamanen. Uh, the name Jamanen references uh, and is a rearrangement of the Japanese term for manager or uh, manaja in Japanese. In other words, instead of manaja, which is M-A-N-E-J-A-A, it's jamanen, which uh, is J-A-M-A-N-E. So it's like the first half of the word flips, if that makes sense. So when she's defeated at the end, she says, Ojama! Yeah. Which comes from the Japanese phrase, ojama shimasu, mm-hmm. which means I'm intruding, or it means sorry for the intrusion. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ojama, right. ojama shimasu. Yeah, right. And I guess it's used as a greeting when you enter somebody's house or room, like, uh, oh, excuse me. Oh, oh. Uh-huh. Um, and the term jama is also used to describe an obstacle or someone who is a nuisance or in the way. Right, or, or a hindrance or that sort of thing. Yeah. And she definitely is a hindrance to them, yeah. for sure. Yes. So, but why does she say, is it, I think she, because nobody else says, they don't, they don't say cleansing or anything when they die. They don't no, really yell anything. I know. But they thought like, oh, let's have her yell something. Let's have her yell a, a pun based on a part of her name. Which also means this. They're trying to milk. They're trying to use every part of the mm-hmm. punfalo. Well, I, I also think that like if she is, if it is a thing on manager. Um, but she's not the manager of anything. She's an employee. She's not a manager. But my thoughts are uh, the just 
go with me for a minute. Um, go the, somewhere. The Ayakashi sisters are taking over a store, and yeah. she's supposed to be the store manager, and normally the manager would be the one in charge. But she's not but, in charge. But the sense she proved to be... Yes, but they proved to be more problematic, more than they want to deal and with the cry, uh, and they call the manager, Jamanan, to handle it. Um, and... Then, like, she says what she says at the end, and it's like, um, like, oh, I didn't do what I was supposed to do, that sort of thing. Is it possible, too, that it's we're barking up the wrong tree, and then it's just a play on jam? Because well, she I was is thinking a about that too. character as well. Yeah, right. But it would be like the English word jam. But yeah. Um, if you want a a let's say rabbit hole to go down uh <laughs> there is there is jamming and thick online mm-hmm. it's not surprising uh yeah it is uh adult also and not surprising and i don't know I, but there's probably art too so fantastic just saying <laughs> if, the, people, if you want it people got a certain you. impression yeah. from this 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 character yes um going off of that should we go into her character design sure um not much there no uh (laughs) she is shiny and red um i mean comes from wine uh she even though she comes from the wine um she she's very sticky and stretchy and has a jelly-like appearance that is, is able to stretch and contort her body in many different ways including her sword knife hand thing uh that was very t2 uh and she has bright green eyes her hair is styled into two long jelly pigtails and of course her professional yellow bow tie with her light green black moon clan (laughs) jewel in the center which is just the bow tie is very yeah the bow tie is very um service uh yes professional yes type thing yeah yeah exactly um (laughs) Does does Calaveras just keep Jamanen in a wine glass? I have like so many questions. That was the wine glass. If you're an optimist, was half full. Uh, <laughs> has she been drinking Jamanen? That's another really good and horrific question to ask. <laughs> I like. Was she thinking about drinking Jamanen, and then she was like, "No, I guess I will work today," and uh, then she calls her out. Hold off. Yeah. Oh man. I I really like that her character is able to stretch and contort uh, and change herself very easily, um, and she seems really powerful. I, I also like that she comes from wine, and the only article of clothing is her little yellow bow tie. I, I think that she's really effective and is holding her own with the senshi until Sailor Moon arrives. So um, I'm going to give her four out of five stars. Huh. Uh, <laughs> no. No? No. <laughs> Uh, like two. Okay. <laughs> uh, she's confusing. She, she has a bit uh, that is stolen from a very good movie, which is, you know, steal from the best, but it doesn't do anything with it other than push yeah, us okay. into etchy territory. Um, she's got a blade she never even uses. And even though she gets a drop on Sailor Moon, I don't know how. It's sort of like in a comic how how could a guy fl- be flying through the air and deliver an entire sentence about what he's going to do to Magneto? Like, is is he flying for like thirty <laughs> seconds? And another thing, Magneto, I'll tell you, I'm going to get you. Gonna <laughs> Apparently, he's really far away. Uh, and so you know, she even attacks quickly, and Sailor Moon's like, there's a lot, of, a lot of kind of meta bits and fourth wall breaking in this episode. But Sailor Moon's like, I guess I don't get to give a speech as she's like firing up her moon. Halation, so yeah. not even really effective. 
just good for like tying women up. Um, not not great. Which isn't great. And yeah, they didn't well, do anything with it, it. What if she? I know we can't like get these kids hammered. Although I know they do get hammered in later episodes. But like, what if she? diffused herself what if you touched her and you got a buzz Mm -hmm. you know or what if she poured herself down your throat okay back to those fix okay but anyway um (laughs) it's just a bunch of stuff that i that i just don't want to deal with yeah i'm gonna say say two okay that's fair (laughs) you couldn't have given her body detail and then she morphs into wine like a 90s energy drink commercial sure yeah but instead it's just like i don't worry about it she's just jelly lady yeah, I she's know. jelly lady. She's jelly lady, and she's got a little bow tie. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, right. So we know, you know, what which end is up. Yeah, yes. I mean, is that to emphasize that the lack of clothing, or like, yeah. you know, yeah, which is more nude, just nude or nude with a bow tie? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. ask the Chippendales. Yeah, I'm no kidding. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit more about Calaveras really quick um, because uh, she we see her a little bit more in this episode for more significant FaceTime, I guess. Um, uh, and her name in Japanese is pronounced uh, Kataberasu. Um, and she is named after the mineral Calaverite. Calaverite or gold telluride is an uncommon telluride or gold. Uh, I'm going to go to telluride someday. That and uh, Toronto as well. Yeah, the, right. The TIFF uh, festival. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, Tell Your Ride sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Am I saying it wrong? It's a film festival. <laughs> I, I know. I, I know. Uh, it's 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 a, a Tell Your Ride of gold. It's a metallic mineral with approximately 3% of the gold replaced by silver. Um, it was first discovered in Calaveras County, California in 1861, and it was named for the county in 1868. The mineral has a metallic luster, and its color ranges from a silvery white to a brassy yellow. It is closely related to the gold-silver telluride mineral uh, sylvanite, which uh, contains more silver. And then I also wanted to talk about uh, Calaveras's outfit. It is again inspired by Couture. Her gold-plated bodice, which looks like armor, red necklace, armbands, and giant gold hair bow are inspired by the couture design from French designer Christian Lacroix, uh, his fall-winter 1992-1993 couture line. The bodice especially looks like Lacroix's design with the ribbing details, corset boning, and buttons, except on Lacroix's design, they are gold instead of red. Uh, the skirt of the little claw dress is very different. It's very long, practically touching the floor, and is made of several different colors of fabric, purple, goldish green, red, and a black floral, floral print, and also has a fabric arm wrap. I really like Calaveras's look. The the metal, the armored bodice with the bright, short, and flirty skirt has has a really fun contrast to it, I think. You know what it reminds me of? What? And I think this must be there. It reminds me of... Oh, Wonder Woman? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I can got, totally see that. Yeah, good point. She, she's got the um, chest armor, uh, which is, you know, for a woman, I guess it's a bodice. But if it yeah. was an armor piece, it would be a, a cuirass or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she specifically got um, uh, arm things. You know, she's got the like arm. a wrap on one the arm, arm but she's got yeah. like a... Like a um, bangle or or a, a bracer on the other one yes and she's got the little skirt one woman alternately has had a skirt or more recently they give her um the the greek armor 
um, leg things, which are called yes. perturges. Okay. Because, uh, I don't know, they ran out of good words and, and <laughs> vowels. Um, and yeah, I mean, like her color, you know, it's it's all just sort of like those warm tones. But um, yeah, it just really reminds me of Wonder Woman for some reason. I, I get that. The, the same kind of shape. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it has very... Um, like especially like the the bodice and the skirt combo, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I can totally see that. Um, and I would not be surprised if that was part of the inspiration as and well. And ju- thinking about that, I just realized hmm. now what Pets has reminded me of for oh. a long time, which is the White Queen from the X Men series. Oh yeah. Okay. Who um they just basically like just draw her in underwear. Just to, that's fine. Pretty she much. fights in underwear, yeah. but she generally has a. Um, she doesn't wear a skirt or a dress. She has, usually has like a bodice or bustier, I suppose. Sure. Um, but she's usually got like puffs or, or something like that, feathers, like fur or feathers, uh-huh, or like a, a boa or just like a, a neck piece and shoulders uh, and gloves and just a very kind of slinky kind of look. Yeah. So Pets I don't is know. Kind of I'd slinky. have to imagine that like you know people that. Draw anime or also maybe draw manga or comic fans mm-hmm. and these, these influences kind of sneak in. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like you, you consume stuff all the time too, right? So even if it's not like intentional, like, you know, you're like, what do I like? What do I, ooh, I, li- I really like how this character looks or something like that. Or right. if it just So I intend to use elements of okay, that character all right. in this character. Yeah. All right. You, 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 you got it. <laughs> Uh, in Sabu or Dabu, where we talk about the most interesting differences between the sub or the dub, in the dub, the droid Jaminen's name was changed to uh, Jellyx. Jelly. J E L I E X. Jellyx. Jellyx. I don't know. From Jellyx to. Yes. And in the dub, Calaveras is renamed Avery. <laughs> I have no idea why. Huh. Like Can the you... printer labels? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Avery Brooks? I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Huh. I know. All right. I... Um, to be continued. Yeah, I think I've seen other fans critique this too, but like. Well, I mean, pets. Well, Deke and. <laughs> she's, Clo- a, she's a country mile ahead of pets. Well, Deke and like Cloverway, the, the, the names that the, the English names that they've picked for, for the dub characters, it's like, wh- why? Like, <laughs> like Makoto's name is Lita, which is, it's not a bad name, but it's not a common name. So I don't know, whatever. Um, in the original anime, Pets demands that Usagi and Chibiusa stop arguing as Calaveras told Pets to calm down. In the Deke dub, Pets demands that Usagi and Chibiusa leave the store as Calaveras told Pets to calm down. They will need the girls to finish their mission. So it's the wording gets changed a little bit. Um, and Pets is asking them to leave. We got of, sales totals to make. Yeah, right. Uh, Close the deal, Pets. Yes. <laughs> In the dub, the scene where the actual jewelry store workers are seen unconscious and tied up in the shop's back room is cut. Um, obviously, yeah, there's implied nudity and they took their clothes and probably also it's a kid show and there are they people tied keep up. pushing this thing where, like, I get it. They're not waving a wand. It'd be cool if they threw like a piece of technology down. All the crystal points are empty lots. 
And they were like, her. throw a thing, like a thing down. And then it goes, she had transformers into like a store or something. But they're taking over businesses here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is like a a, 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 a parable about capitalism or, 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 or retail or something. But they have to take these places over. But the girls, our girls, never interact with the people who are kidnapped. They never... No do anything you know we, we we started this whole saga with luna just running in and going oh i found and freed all the people in the basement that you never saw right so it's like you could just cut that line and it wouldn't matter and mm-hmm. we never really ask ourselves well, where these stores came from or if they're real stores would we but I, the show no. seems to want to push that that yes. these are real places that the black mood clan is usurping but it it refuses to follow up on that in any way so, no, like, they don't even save the girls in the back in this one. They're, they're going to go, well, I guess we learned the true meaning of love after all. And two minutes later, like, some naked women are going to go, what happened? And they're going to just come <laughs> out of the back room. Yeah, I know. So, like, why, why bother? Yeah, good point. And I don't think we would really question The multi-story it. freezer at Bob Floyd's, the TARDIS <laughs> freezer, is, like, chock full of, like, frozen victims, I guess. I know. I know. People who got too close to the store. Yeah, or you know. employees. Yeah, well, The droid employees. kept hiring people. So you're not working out. <laughs> Stack them like cordwood. Oh, my God. Hiring. Now, always hiring. Next. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> At Bob Floyd's. Oh, that's really terrible. Um, In the dub, the edited stock footage of Jupiter power makeup and Venus power makeup was utilized instead of editing the new transformations. In the dub. <laughs> that's a sloppy dig. Yep. In the dub, uh, Jupiter's attack sparkling wide pressure was called Jupiter Thunderclap Zap. Thunder Zap. Fixed it. Yeah. Fixed it. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, in the dub, Venus's attack Venus Love Me Chain was called Venus Love Chain and Circle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, they're just powers. Whatever. It's not a big deal. <laughs> but I like the... Um, and we don't necessarily see this in Monaco's character, but I like the implication of, you know, it's a love me chain. <laughs> yeah. Because I know. she is Venus. Venus is, you know, the goddess, goddess of, of love. love and beauty, but mm-hmm. also is her sign is a mirror, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the um, narcissism is baked in. Mm-hmm. And so I like the love me chain. Well, and I like that they're, it's like little glowing hearts too, you know, <laughs> yeah, and they like, it's, girly. it's super girly and it comes up and it's like, circling her and then she like is able to fling it out you know it's it looks and it turns really into ninja cool. stars and sinks into the enemy's flesh no <laughs> that is the ghost rider from marvel comics oh my gosh okay <laughs> um now we're up to where we rate the episode um i like that minako and mako forget that they're fighting and they remember and stop talking to each other i like that minako um, extended the olive branch to mako first um and uh what she said to mako as well i i really like how they pull together to fight as a team just as pets and calaveras are bickering um there's also some really great comedic moments in this especially enjoyed usagi chugging the love potion both times. Um, I do really like the, the episode, but I wish that Mako and Minako had their own episodes where they got new powers. So I'm going to give this episode four out of five roses. Jeez. I'm going to give this episode a provisional three out of oh, five okay. roses. Um, speaking of roses, I mm-hmm. like how 
tuxedo mask. I know, not really in this one. Mamoru just leaves. Yeah. And uh, that's it. And uh, Tuxedo Mask is like, uh, I'm the defender of Sailor Moon. Uh, I don't really care if you guys get like molested by a wine monster. Yeah, what the heck? So, um, yeah, interesting. Um, and here's why it's provisional, because I appreciate the continuing of the development of the relationship of all the main characters. Um, like we said at the beginning of the episode, there's a lot of dialogue in, the, in this episode, but it is going towards um, deepening the connection that these girls have. Um, I also liked the face-off between – we had a double face-off, a tag yes. team match uh, against our two bad guys and our two good girls who both got new powers. But, mm -hmm. of course, it was sort of crammed together. Yeah. And I liked the drinking the dumb bunny juice. Yeah. But otherwise, we've had several episodes where <laughs> girls go to buy trinkets that will make their boyfriends love them more. And That's then very it does true. something weird to them. This has already happened. That's true. And there are, I think, still a couple unanswered questions in what's going on here. This isn't quite a mark marking time episode, as I've complained about before, but it does seem kind of weird that we have to do two in one. Right. Uh, why don't they get their own? Maybe maybe yeah. they're trying to avoid what I was complaining about before, which is like one, two, three, four. Then we'll get a one, mythology two, three, episode. Four. Then we'll do something else. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to good stuff in the future by kind of a wheel spinning episode this week. Um, and that's why it's a provisional three. Okay. All right. Uh, my English title this week is Mako and Minako's Quarrel, Fight for Love. Uh, my title is Do No Charm. Oh, that's so But there's no doctors in the episode, so bad. That's, that's, it's, good... it's not really all that great. Oh. Next episode, we are talking about episode number 66. Usagi no oya go koro, kare no sankaku kanke in Japanese. Usagi's parental love, the curry romance triangle, the English translation, and the English title, a curried favor. That no, no. <laughs> the um, well, yeah, I guess it's growing on you. It's a favor. It's curry. You just say a curry favor because it's not like I've taken this favor and I have fried it up with a blend of spices. That right. you just say a curry favor, mm -hmm. and then you, that that's a pun. Right. Using the actual word isn't a pun. Like changing, well, that's not actually what a pun is. But anyway, it's not a play on words if you don't use the the words that are right. <laughs> okay, I anyway. understand. All right, we'll get into it next week. No, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> uh, before we go, I wanted to mention that we've got a Patreon that you can find at patreon.com forward slash Sailor Noob, mm -hmm. and we have a new patron that we wanted to announce. Lizzie yes. has joined us as an inner senshi at the five dollar level, and we appreciate that. Thank you, Lizzie. Yeah, Lizzie is real excited, and we're excited to have. Her. So welcome aboard, and you too can get extra content on our Patreon by becoming a patron. Mm -hmm. Don't keep going. Don't stop. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll screw it up. So go to patron.ai, screw it up. There we go. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Sailor Noob and join the team. I also wanted to mention that um, I don't know if this is in response to what we had mentioned before or if it's just natural because we're doing a good job but we've been going up on those itunes charts yay we mentioned this before a while ago uh and we've been kind of fluctuating but we're at number seven get this number seven for anime and manga in canada yay canada so oh canada yes you love yourself some sailor moon and we love that and then we're at number 23 
for the animation and manga charts on uh, in Great Britain. That's awesome. So, yeah. So um, I love it. I don't know why we can't crack the U.S. charts. I don't know why either. <laughs> I mean, we're on the charts. We're just not very high. We're not but, very high. But, but yeah. So we're excited about that. And we yes. wanted to thank the listeners for putting us there. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, so we leave appreci- a rating and a review. Yes. Leave a rating and review. Well, we appreciate it. We, we appreciate all of your, your support. Um, and we're excited that you're excited and that you're on this journey with us. Yeah. So thank you um, for, for being a part of this. in the weeds yes. of season two, I as know. I called it before. But yeah, <laughs> I do provisional rating aside, I, I am uh, I am liking where we're going. When you say provisional, do you, is it going to- What a great time to ask me about this. I know. I was just thinking about it more. Is it going to go up or down if, if depending? If this doesn't lead to anything, then uh-huh. it goes down. Okay. Right. Okay. You, you you never give somebody something a provisional because they're doing a super great job. Do you know what I mean? It's like, whoa, you saved that entire busload of nuns. But there have been times Here's where you're half like, of a candy bar. You, no, you give them the whole candy bar. There have been times where you're like, I'll give it a provisional if this character comes back, and then I'll take it away if yeah. they, they don't come back. So. Yeah. Well, like I said, um, the character that is coming back in this case is. Something built on the things that we're seeing in this episode. I mean, we okay. didn't even talk about uh, the suggestion that Pets is is nursing a broken heart herself and yes. who that could be and how that could factor in. So like I said, if they build on the foundation they set in this episode, because mm-hmm. it's not always exciting, it's not always a thrill to lay track, but if we send the train over it, the Silver Bullet Express, then... We got Kampai. We got something good. <laughs> that's right. Kampai. <laughs> well, that's our show for this week. In the name of the moon, we'll be punishing you next week with another episode of Sailor Noob. Kampai! Kampai!